Warning, the following show doesn't represent the opinion of the IBL, UFV, its employees, or the local clown college. Oh, and the theme song is pretty explicit. Enjoy the show. All right, hi, I'm James Randy, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, 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 I'm an from the Wizard's Deck of Cards studios of CIVL 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin and I am your Force of Nature 8-8 Green Creature. Joining me as usual is a team that will allow you to cast an interrupt spell on superstition if you have two water manas in your deck. Our Phantom Mage Wizard plus a plus one plus one counter Martina. Today I'm here out of the stifling cold. No wait, it's a sniffling <laughs> cold. It's a sniffling cold, sorry. And returning is our Inferno Titan, who gains a plus two, plus zero if you tap on a mountain. Alistair. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Oh, I'm glad to be back. Had a good week? Terrific. I just want to do a bit of chit-chat before we go into our usual. Um, I, I, I received an email. Unfortunately, it seems that our good friend Bill from Imaginal Religion has decided to pull the plug on the show. That's sad. It is sad. It is very sad. And I'm hoping that we can manage to... Uh, Find some way to uh, rekindle his uh, love for the for for these kind of shows, um, and who knows, maybe bring the show here in Abbotsford. He blames a lack of uh, cooperation from uh, the people in Vancouver and even going against them. Then he said, "You know, it's just too much hassle." So maybe uh, the listeners here at Left of the Valley and the people in the region can pull together, and maybe we can bring this kind of show here because I think it's a great thing, and it'd be a shame to lose it. So, just to, can you clarify for anybody that doesn't know what show you're talking about? Uh, we're talking about Imaginal Religion, and uh, he did the last two years in uh, Richmond. Uh, he used to do it in uh, Kamloops. That's where he's from. And it's a three-day co- three conference, right? Convention. Yeah. It's on, uh, you got great guest speakers, usually. It's one of the better-run uh, conference shows uh, in, in the uh, region and in the uh, in a lot of places, according to some, a lot of the guests anyway. And uh, you bring some great names. We had some people in the past like Richard Dawkins, Lawrence Krauss, uh, Arn Raw, Matt Dillahunty, Seth Andrews. Great, great shows. Carolyn Porco. Uh, this year we had James Randy, which today we're going to be talking about and playing the interview of. And uh, it's really, uh, really uh, saddens me to see that this show could come to an end just because of a few, for lack of a better word, hotheads in the region. Yeah. So, Bill, if you're listening... Uh, you got you got some uh, people here that are certainly on your side and willing to give you a hand if you're willing to reconsider. Uh, we can let's talk. And Abbotsford has a lovely convention center. We've oh, got yes. the uh, exhibition center and we've got the Ramada Convention Center. Yeah, and, and we have an airport. And we have an airport. And I've been, you know, and we're let's face it, we're in the middle of the Bible Belt, so <laughs> it'd be great to have it right here at the same time. <laughs> um, I guess I have to say uh, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, right? Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll even say Happy Father's Day to the single mothers out there that are doing double duty. Yeah, I was going to say. That's fair, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, hey, did you guys know that, uh, of course, we we actually received a letter? No. Yeah, so. Blues. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, we received a letter from uh, a, a gentleman, uh, uh, I'll just call him Keith. Um, Keith is not very happy with us. He says, he says that, uh, especially me, uh, he calls me a bigot. He says that I only seem to pick on Christian. Now, Keith, if you're listening, which I doubt, but if you are, uh, you got to remember that a bigot is essentially a person that's intolerant of any differ- differing belief, creed, or opinion. Now, just because you don't agree with a person's opinion doesn't necessarily make you a bigot. If uh, intolerance is uh, is a big word here, I mean, it's not like uh, atheists are going out there and persecuting Christians like you think they they are. Um, I mean, if I own, for example, a cake shop and refuse to bake you a cake because there was a Jesus cross on it, or to hire you because of your Christian views, that would make me a bigot. 
Now, you see what I did here? The irony of it? Because it's exactly what's happening in the States. Christians are refusing to bake cakes for gays because of their Christian views and because the, the, the homosexual lifestyle doesn't, you know, that's bigotry. Um, no offense, but I think, in my opinion, Christianity is kind of the epitome of bigotry and hypocrisy. Uh, you can have your own opinion, Keith, and you're totally welcome to them, uh, but people deserve respect. Opinions don't. If your opinion is ridiculous, I will call it out, and that's what we do here on the show. And, you know, it might be prevalent to remind such listeners and uh, people that write in that their own Bible, in fact, well, it wasn't their Bible that started, it was actually Confucius, but we won't go there, uh, <laughs> the Golden Rule. Yes. You know, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Yeah. Love your enemies, love one another. I mean, the Bible is full of that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, that's what it means to be a skeptic. A ske- being a skeptic is essentially we're, we're challenging your opinion because the opinion is not correct. Uh, we have no problem with you having that opinion. The problem arises when you're using that opinion to infringe on the rights of other people. Then you will have us in the way for sure. Um, and you also call me a bigot for supporting abortion. Um, nobody likes abortion. Let's face it, okay? I support the right for a woman to choose. Nobody likes the idea of abortion. Uh, I don't like it either. Uh, but women have the right to choose. Um, and if, if you think that the Christianity is against abortion, then I, uh, my dear Keith, I need you to go look at your Bible and look at Numbers 5.11. Because Numbers 5.11 is the nice story of how you can use an abortion spell. So, um, see, this, this is what it's like to be a, a skeptic. A skeptic, we try to get informed before we actually make a call. We don't just willy-nilly throw our terms out there, bigot and all that stuff. We don't do that. We actually get informed. So, for you to say that I'm a hypocritical bigot, I'm sorry, Keith. I'm calling you on that. I'm afraid you got your facts wrong. And, hey, send, send us another message if you want. You can even, maybe we'll even make a show one day where you can come on the show and we can have a respectful discussion. But until then, I think the matter is closed. What do you guys think? I think inviting people like that to the show is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And we we are in the setting of a university. University is a place where you have open learning, exactly. open discussion. You challenge your ideas. Exactly. But a better place to uh, to come and have that discussion. No, he, he doesn't. Uh, anybody out there doesn't have to agree with our opinions. It certainly don't. But if you're going to say our opinions are wrong, you better come prepared. You better come with <laughs> facts, right? Because that's what we do as skeptics. You know, uh, our skepticism is what drives us, and our atheism is a conclusion, right? It's not the other way around. We're not atheists because we know secretly that God is there, and we would just like to hate him and go in league <laughs> with Satan. That's not what we do, right? We looked at the facts, we looked at the data, and from what we conclude from this is we conclude that there is no reason to believe in Jeebus, or Jesus, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, anyway, my friend, you got news from the valley? Ooh. Yes, I do. Let's set you up. Ooh, new music. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, I thought, here I am, I'm back, resurrected from the dead Welcome as Welcome back. Your beloved reformed is back, and I thought, hey, so, why so, don't... so what now? Yeah, the, the reformed or the resurrected? No, the resurrected please, reformed. make up your mind. <laughs> hey, maybe I should change my name to the resurrected. Yes, yes, I'm back. Um, I only have two stories for you today, but uh, they're good ones. So okay. the first one I've, I've kind of entitled David and Goliath, or more appropriately, Ian and Goliath. Ooh. Uh, no, it's is not a Veggie Tales story. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should have the VeggieTale theme tune next time. <laughs> so, the big topic of the week is the announcement by the Abbotsford School District that they are no longer going to distribute the Gideon Bibles or any other religious materials to students. Yay! This was announced by the BC Humanists on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the School District Association had... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the BC Humanists had previously called for the practice to be stopped, most recently in March of this year, and said that it's unconstitutional and in violation of the BC School Act. Uh, The BC Humanist Association uh, issued a press release on Tuesday saying that the school district superintendent, Kevin Godden, confirmed that the materials will no longer be distributed to Abbotsford schools. 
Uh, Ian Bushfield, who's the executive director. We love Ian. He's a friend. He's great. He's got awesome socks, too. Uh, <laughs> Ian, the executive director of the BC Humanists, said, as far as we're aware, Abbotsford was the last public school district in BC that was distributing Gideon Bibles in classrooms. So this is a very clear recognition that BC public schools should be secular and inclusive. And just think about those two words, secular and, and inclusive. inclusive, okay? It's a sign to parents and students that they are welcome in Abbotsford whether they are Christian, Muslim, Sikh, atheist, or otherwise. Prior to the decision, teachers in Abbotsford schools were handing uh, grade 5 students consent cards to provide uh, Gideon International Bibles to them called the Answer Book, which is a copy of the New Testament uh, and the Psalms. Uh, the activity was permitted under the school board policy that allowed any organization, any organization, to distribute materials. Again, what they leave out is that it's upon approval of the school district. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, a little bit of history. BC Humanists wanted to offer an alternative uh, book, and both in Chilliwack and Abbotsford, and that was denied. Oh. So, you know, anyway, uh, the Gideons were the only organization that were allowed. So... Uh, the Abbotsford School District, they declined to comment other than to provide the communication sent to the BC Humanists, which said, Hello, Mr. Ian Bushfield. Pursuant to your email and request below, please be advised that after having reviewed the procedures related to the distribution of materials to students, the district will no longer be distributing the Gideon Bible or other religious materials to students. Very sincerely, Kevin Goddard. Now, let's Would be you cl- like some grey poupon with that? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Now, let's be clear. This is not about freedom of religion. Uh, If that was the case, then the school districts like Abbotsford and Chilliwack uh, and the other ones before them would have to be open to providing materials from all religious groups and secular groups to children. However, uh, the fight that the the BC Humanist Association was, uh, was, was about the exclusive nature, not inclusive nature, of the Gideons being the only group allowed to do this. So by ending the practice, the BC Humanists have shown that this was a select religious organization being exclusive rights and access to children at the exclusion of other groups. So that quite comes back to the secular and inclusive. So anyway, that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second story. Way to go, Ian. Yes, round of applause for Ian. Okay, second story. My favorite. <laughs> Trinity Western University. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the never-ending story, please. Yeah, the never-ending story. Oh, what anyway. did I do? Uh, the legal battle between Trinity Western University and the Law Society of British Columbia has entered a new chapter on Wednesday, June the first. The BC Court of Appeals, sorry, in the BC Court of Appeals, the society is uh, appealing the Supreme Court of BC decision that would allow graduates of a proposed TWU law school admission to the society. The Law Society members voted against recognizing the school in 2015 after the Society initially approved the school in 2014. According to a factum filed by the Society, approval of the TW Law School would impede equal access to the legal profession without discrimination. Who are they discriminating against? Christians. No, no, no. <laughs> TWU. Who are uh, they discriminating oh, against? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought we were still living in this world where everybody's discriminating oh, yes. against Christians. Yes. Uh, no, not this time. <laughs> oh. They were discriminating against members of the LGBT community or lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. Oh, it was even worse than that because according to the covenant, even if you're straight, oh, you yes. still can't have sex outside marriage. No, that's right. So you have it's, to, it's and you have to agree that sex is only between a man and a woman. Yeah. Even if you're not actively participating yeah, in sexual that's activities. That's true. That's true. So Mind control, can you say much? Yeah. Uh, Amy Robertson, a TWU spokesperson, said that the case is a matter of freedom of religion. Go back to my first article. From the school's perspective, the BC Law Society is not happy with the school's community covenant. Gee, I wonder why. A covenant must be signed by all students and faculty at TWU promising not to engage in any sex outside of a heterosexual marriage. It also includes a rule against abortions. Well, wait a second. We all know that sex kind of stops as soon as you're married. So if you're not allowed to have sex outside of marriage, does that mean no sex at all, ever? No wonder these people are driven to... <laughs> I think the uh, I think the Catholic Church tried that, and you know, we all know what happened there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but it also, it's against uh, abortions, which is against freedom of choice. And I do think, if I'm correct in this analysis, that 
um, the Jehovah Yahweh God of the Bible is about free will, yeah. making that choice. Uh, Unless you choose against what they say. So critics of this covenant uh, say this covenant discriminates against homosexual staff and students. But Robertson says the covenant does not bar them from attending or working in the school, as long as you sign the covenant. LGB students are already welcome at Trinity Western if they choose to be part of our learning community. There are several gay students who, and do, attend Trinity Western. And I know from conversations with people in the TW community that they find it a safe and welcoming place to come. Just cut it off. <laughs> Robertson said that TWU will take the case, uh, one of two similar cases, to the Supreme Court of Canada if the BC Court of Appeals case does not rule in their favor. So, how much taxpayer money do we have to waste on something like this? I don't know. It's just so could somebody? I mean, maybe it's just the cold that's just clogging my head here. But what exactly is now the purpose of this covenant? The purpose? Yeah. Uh, it's to uh, I- encourage uh, spiritual holiness. So not only are you there to um, learn about the Bible or about, you know, uh, do religious studies, even if you're like, you know, I know they have a teacher's college and stuff, but the idea of the covenant is that while you are participating in the school, that you won't participate in any activities that would um, devalue your holiness or would bring disrepute to the school or to God. Um, they want purity, which is what they want. Well, let, let's face it. I mean, the reason religions are trying to control sexuality so much is because as primates, we are very sexual. I mean, we're, we're very close to bonobo monkeys, let's face it, right? <laughs> uh, and they know full well that the instinct is so powerful that if you can control that instinct in in the pe- in, in the people, you control them, essentially. Yeah. And it's all about control, right? Yeah. And TWU, I think, is going way over the line by doing something like that because, you know, this is not 1200 BC no. or whatever. This is today, you know, in 2016. We shouldn't have to sign away our. You shouldn't have our our thoughts policed yeah. by a place, you know, and you shouldn't have to essentially step on your integrity and 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 say some things you don't believe in, so you can get into a, a university. It's 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 horrible, it's especially university, which should be a place of discussion Learning. and thought, right? Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, well, so that's that's my. That's my Reformation report for this week. Ed's very, I'm very, very happy to be back. It's been a little bit of a longer sabbatical than I intended to, but... Uh, We're glad you're back. We I'm missed back. you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, our, our friend Nancy is still down in Philadelphia in New York, So, uh, but we do have a pre-recorded version of This Day in History, so let's set that up. Okay, Nancy, let's set you up. Okay, this day in history, which is a roundup of those events and individuals that altered and illuminated the days between June 13th and June 19th. So, June 14th was Flag Day in the U.S. Everybody loves that day. They uh, have huge flagpoles for their house. It's a big, yeah, really any excuse to put the flag up at a picnic. We don't have this in Canada. No, well, let's not get into the differences. (laughs) No, 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 that's not. (laughs) Especially if this is an election year, so (laughs) wave that flag and and enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. In 2012, Nick Walenda became the first person to successfully tightrope Tight rope walk over Niagara Falls. Mm. Oh man, he uh, that man was fearless, wasn't he? That's another thing that co- pops up a lot in those disdain history. Niagara Falls, not Ni- just Niagara baseball. Falls. Niagara Falls pops up a lot too. Oh yeah, I've got another. I think it's October. There's a huge. Stay tuned till October. That's right. That's got right. a great story on Niagara Falls. So stand <laughs> <coughs> stand by the radio. June 16th is Youth Day in South Africa. And in 1936, Bob Brown, who was an electrical engineer from Quebec, we do Quebec about as much as we do Niagara Falls, don't we? Quebec does a lot of contributions, (laughs) and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. So Bob Brown brought in a gusher at Turner Valley Royalty's number one well, which turned the valley into a major oil field overnight. And by 1939, the field had 70 wells, producing an annual revenue of $10 million and sparked the, the, uh, marked the beginning of Alberta's oil boom, and that's in Turner Valley, Alberta. Were there dinosaurs that they found in Turner Valley as well? There were dinosaurs everywhere. And we're not talking about the people of Parliament here. Yeah. No, it seems to me it's a Turner Valley. The dinosaurs suddenly popped into Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. 
Anyway, 1963, um, Valentina Tereshkova, who was 26 at the time, became the first woman in space as her Soviet, uh, Soviet spacecraft, Vostok 6, took off from the launch site. She manually controlled the spacecraft, completing 48 orbits in 71 hours before landing safely. What a woman. Wow. Betcha. Uh, June 18th is Waterloo Day in the UK, and on that date in 1914, an autopilot was demonstrated for the first time on an aircraft, becoming one of the most important innovations to the cockpit in history. Its inventor is also known for founding a club that many have aspired to join over the past century as well. This this is a great story. Mm-hmm. This is a great forget about Niagara Falls. Okay. Okay. You're gonna love it. My mind is empty. Okay. American pilot Lawrence Sperry was the last performer in the airplane safety competition being held on the banks of the Seine River. The competition which included fifty seven other planes, he took it to the air, his Curtis C two biplane, which is specifically equipped with a gyroscopic stabilizer with the purpose of maintaining stability and control. He was the inventor of, of this, and he flew down the Seine while the Fireman's Band played the Star Spangled Banner because he was American and that was in his honor. And he astonished the crowd because this was the first time an autopilot had ever been, been demonstrated. He astonished the crowd by holding both of his hands high over his head while the plane flew in the designated sequence. Look, Mom, no hands. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is starting. <laughs> the crowd shouted things such as extraordinary, remarkable, and then he proceeded to have his mechanic walk on the wing with his hands up, proving that the gyroscope could correct the roll caused by the uh, the change in the plane's balance. Wow. So Lawrence Sperry, now we get into Lawrence Sperry. Lawrence Sperry was one of America's first licensed pilot. He received Federal Aeronautics Pilot. I'm going into this for a reason. He received an aeronautic pilot license number 11 from the Aero Club of America on October 15, 1913. So he was really in there, you know, with the rights and so forth. Yeah, it was from the ground up. But the the funny thing about about Sperry is it's questionable now whether he's more famous for his invention of the autopilot or an act in which he engaged while using it that could have gotten him killed. Uh-oh. Okay, so now... What do I need to think? I feel go. I need to brace myself on this. Here we go. Now it's November of 1916, and Sperry, who was known as a playboy, was giving a flying lesson to a New York socialite named Mrs. Waldo Polk. Now, Mrs. Waldo Polk... <laughs> Mrs. Polk? Waldo, Mrs. <laughs> Waldo Polk. Now, her husband was supporting the, the war effort in France by driving ambulances. So... The legend says that during the flight of the Curtis flying boat, the autopilot somehow became disengaged, plunging Sperry and Mrs. Polk into the South Bay. They were found naked by duck hunters. (laughs) (laughs) Sperry insisted that the force of the crash is what caused them to lose all of their clothes, but to this day... He's credited as the founding member of the Mile High Club oh. because he engaged the autopilot while he and Mrs. Pope <laughs> were engaged in a little high-level, fancy-dancy oh, cloud on. dancing. You made that up, Mrs. I kn- Pope. No. Oh, Would oh, Wikipedia give me a story <laughs> to put on the air? That's fantastic. I know. It's wonderful because you just hear it. It's 1916. And he and Mrs. Polk, who, when you see pictures of her, you can understand why Sperry wanted to give her <coughs> to flying her. lessons. <laughs> Absolutely. Flying lessons. Better than come to my room and see my etchings. <laughs> so poor Sperry died at the young age of 31 wow. after his plane went down while crossing the English Channel. But he had 23 patents to his name, all related to aviation safety. You know, I guess it seems like an obvious thing to invent for a guy who is known as being a bit of a reckless, but... Not a wreck less fly, <laughs> you know. 
It's just great. I love that. And he was a handsome guy. Really, if you look it up in Wikipedia, just really handsome. And you could see how, you know, women would just flock to have flying lessons by, by yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. In 1983, uh, Dr. Sally Ride, a 32-year-old physicist and pilot, this is our, our pilot uh, episode, I guess, Apparently. became the first American woman in space, beginning a six-day mission aboard the space shuttle Challenger, which was launched, of course, from Cape Canaveral. June 19th, uh, Father's Day, which was inaugurated in 1910, and also World Sauntering Day. The sauntering sa- Day. World Sauntering Day. Well, I have to say it like me. I'm sauntering. The day was created by W.T. Rabe. I think that's it. R-A-B-E. Could be Rabe. Could be Could be. In response to the growing popularity of jogging. So the idea behind the day was to encourage people to slow down and appreciate the world around them. Slow down uh, and smell the roses. There you go. Uh, 1964, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was approved after surviving an 83-day filibuster in the United States. Wow. So, I know. Try to get things done you know, immediately. Not going to happen in politics. No, no. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and as many bizarre events that I can find, along with the people who caused them that make up this day in history. Thank you so much, Nancy. And uh, we'll be right back right after this poke. I mean, these commercial messages. You are listening to CIVL 101.7 FM at the University of the Fraser Valley's Abbotsford campus, serving the surrounding communities of Abbotsford, Mission, and Chilliwack, British Columbia. Email us at info at CIVL.ca. Follow us on Facebook. Click like on CIVL Radio. Follow CIVL on Twitter at CIVL underscore radio. Bullying can leave long-term physical and psychological side effects such as shyness, stomach aches, panic attacks, nightmares, headaches, and exhaustion. It's time we put a stop to bullying. Visit www.bullyingcanada.ca on how you can make a difference. This This is is the Stereo Stereo Anthems. This summer, going crazy for the Frazies on CIVL. Bloody hell, what's it called again? 101 point, what's it called? 7, 7, 7, 101.7. It's this summer. It's very crazy. not yet rated. It's not even radio. We're the best, no, we're not the best band. It's only this summer at a theater near you. Not even this summer. We won't be the best one, honest. Not this summer. Probably second best. Not even next next summer. Third best. This ad's been Stereo Anthem approved. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. absolutely convinced that the main source of hatred in the world is religion and organized religion. Absolutely convinced of that. And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule. And we're back. Or are we front? (laughs) Depends where you're facing. (laughs) Oh, goodness. 
Alright, I guess it's time to, for us to go in our usual segment, and I want to dedicate this to our uh, fine listener, uh, Keither, that was uh, sending us that email. Another brilliant moment brought to you by religion. Ah, uh, the weird and wacky world of religion. Well, Keith, you know, you've been saying that we always pick on Christians. Well, we're going to pick on somebody else today. This is from Jerusalem. An ultra-Orthodox Jewish man who had recently been released from prison after serving 10 years for stabbing participant in the annual gay pride parade. I remember that. Yeah, he struck again. Stabbing six marchers in this year's parade, according to police. Two of the victims were in serious condition, according to the emergency services. The assailant, I hope I say this right, Yishai Shishel, <laughs> was pinned to the ground on the central Jerusalem street and arrested by police officers who were stationed along the route. I'm getting all verklempt. Yeah. He wounded three marchers a decade ago at a spot not far from uh, the attack and was convicted uh, of attempted murder. He was said to have told the police at the time he had come to kill in the name of God. Allah. No, no, this is Jewish. Ultra-Orthodox, it's Yahweh. I know, I was being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> so, Jerusalem's annual gay pride parade has long stirred to strong emotions in the city, with many Orthodox Jews objecting to the public display, saying that it defiles the city and offends many, blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. And that's, that's technical That's Jewish. <laughs> no! The comments made by Alice are not necessarily those of Yaviel. <laughs> and I'm sure Nancy would object. Yes. Yeah. Oh, geez, where's the resident Jew? Jeez. Nancy's, Nancy's not here. In an interview with an ultra-Orthodox radio service nearly two weeks ago, Mr. Schissel said, The battle is not over. Those unclean people want to continue defiling Jerusalem. Wow. Well, I guess for all of those people that say, No, no, no. Religion's never to blame something like that. It's always... You know, social, political, blah, blah, blah. No, no, it's not. It's religion, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said to Keith, you know, no, we're not taking on Christians today. We're talking about a Jewish man. You guys have any thoughts on this? Well, not just a Jewish man. Ultra-Orthodox That's Jewish right. Jewish man. That's right. Like, we're talking next level. That's like Batman to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying the regular Jewish person is like Batman and the uh, the ultra-Orthodox is like Superman? Is that Absolutely. What yeah. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you have the right uh, super powered thing there. It might be more like a or Batman to Robin. Or it might be like different versions cake. of the Joker. <laughs> oh, Ooh, there's a thought. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, religion. Oh, it just, I never, it just going off the air now. Yeah, it's just the old. Us versus versus them thing and tribalism, yeah. and it just makes me sick. Like, what can you, what really can you say? It kind of says it all itself, right? Well, it's no different than that 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 reverend or that Baptist minister down in the states who on Facebook was preaching about how that the guy who killed in Orlando, the Orlando shooting, right? Yes. How that uh, the guy didn't do a good enough job because he didn't finish them off. And he's like, you know what? If I could do it, I would ki- I would have killed them all. I mean, I, like, you know, and then there were, actually there was a Jewish rabbi who protested outside that guy's Baptist church because he's like, that's not what, that's not what our religion is about. Where, you know, religion's not about hate. It's about peace and love. You know, and this was a, this was a, a Jewish rabbi who yeah. was in support of the LGBTQ community down in Florida. I, the thing is, is there a source material, which is usually the Bible or the, the Torah or, or the, the, the Quran. Um, in theory, it's nice to say it's all about peace and love, and it sounds great. And most people are like that, and they agree to that. But when you start reading the material, the source material, you realize it's not. It's about obedience. It's about doing what oh, yeah. we say. Otherwise, you know, and it's about divisiveness. It's about, you know, if you believe like us, or else. You know, or else we'll find, you know, we don't like you, you're yucky, you're a different race, you're a different gender, you're a different uh, orientation. Boom, you need to be eliminated. Because you're, you're you're stopping our perfect little world. That's what religion really is all about. So anyway, uh, do we? What? That's what happens when you get men writing books. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I could actually say is that women can actually brilliantly say that they will never have to uh, um, partake in the having written anything of the holy books. Women can actually claim that. So you know what? We had nothing to do with the writings of the holy books, yeah. and good for them. <laughs> Well, there is the gospel according to Mary Magdalene, but it's not in the canon of scripture. I wonder why. 
Well, there's also the Gospel according to Peter, which is you know, and and Thomas and all that. Yeah, which are, are they're all hilarious because all these uh, these Gospels are they were eliminated because they were just a, a different level of crazy. Let's just say that. Mm. Anyway, let's go to commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk with uh, James, the amazing, amazing Runder. There we go. Say that. We'll be right back. You are listening to CIVL 101.7 FM at the University of the Fraser Valley's Abbotsford campus, serving the surrounding communities of Abbotsford Mission and Chilliwack, British Columbia. Follow us on Facebook. Click like on CIVL Radio. Follow CIVL on Twitter at CIVL underscore radio. Email us at info at CIVL.ca. Reach us with telecommunication devices at 604-851-6307. Welcome to your KPE 360 Health Minute. In an increasingly sedentary society, we need to stay on top of our daily physical activity. Here are some quick tips to get active and stay active during a busy semester. UFB offers classes that will motivate and introduce you to new ways of exercise through activities such as Pilates, yoga, and Zumba. Prices and schedules can be found on our UFB Cascades website. However, if you need to get your daily dose of activity off of campus, your UPass grants you free access to the Abbotsford, Matsqui, and Chilliwack Recreation Centers. Make sure you stop by their front desks to grab the drop-in fitness class schedule. Although, if being outside is more your style, you can enjoy beautiful BC scenery by hiking. Check out VancouverTrails.com to see a list of hiking trails in your area. In the end, make sure you remember to take a break from sitting at a desk all day to get up and be active. That was your KPE 360 Health Minute. Hey, this is Troy Baker, the voice of Italian from Shadow of Mordor, here at Emerald City Comic Con, telling you to tune in to listening to the movies, the show that plays classic hits from great film and video game soundtracks every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific on 101.7 Civil Radio and on www.civil.ca. And we're back. Uh, well, today we're talking about James the Amazing Randy. Uh, we managed to catch him at Imagine No Religion 6, and I hope, Bill, if you're listening and it's not the last one you do, it's too good of a thing to let go. Maybe we can just modify it slightly. James Randy, what to say about him? The man was an absolute gentleman. Uh, he was uh, talented, quick. Even at his age, he's like 83, I think. And his hands are still super smooth. He's doing magic tricks. Uh, he was a blast. And I had the good fortune to have our good friend, uh, Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason, discussing this uh, and uh, talking to uh, James Randy with us. So I'm going to go ahead and play this, and we'll be right back after that to close the show. Enjoy. <laughs> I mean, that's the suggestion. But, well, you uh, say, well, we've heard and clean. All right. All right. Let's get going. Let's get going. All right. So I'm here again with our friend Randy Tyson from Legion Reason. Randy, thank you for joining us. And, and we have James, having... the amazing Randy, with us, as one of our colleagues would say. We have a plethora of Randys. Well, we actually met uh, a few times ago, and you liked my name very much, obviously, and uh, mentioned that. Uh, as he was signing one of my books. I, I don't remember the matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm not a memorable person, I'm sure. There you go. <laughs> and I should say congratulations on the uh, Lifetime Award you received yesterday. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And I was quite surprised that Penn Teller actually showed up in person. Uh, uh, pretty much everybody knew but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. But they were local, you know. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Um, in the area. Uh, Randy, I've got uh, several questions that were asked by my, uh, by my audience and some of my crew, and... Um, there was a nasty rumor saying that the $1 million challenge from the JRF Foundation is no longer. Oh, no, it's still there. It's still there. Oh, yeah. Okay. We still got it there. But we're not asking for applications for it. Uh, what we do is we look out people that are making claims that they have these mystical powers in hand. And uh, if we figure it's worthwhile, 
we'll get in touch with them and uh, say, would you like to have a million dollars? And you'd be surprised how many of them ignore that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's proactive now. You know, if I could do something that was worthwhile, I can do a couple of card tricks, for example. But, uh, you know, if I could do something that was worth a million dollars, I think I would do it. Sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> um, you're, you're obviously the godfather of skepticism. Do you feel that critical thinking should be taught? No, no, no godfather. Oh. Just father of skepticism. Okay. okay, thank you. The father. <laughs> Atheist father of skepticism. I, I, that's right. I try to avoid the godless father. Godless father. Yeah. Godless father. Godless father. Yeah. That works too? Yes. I like that, Randy. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that critical thinking should be taught very early to kids? And how early would you say? Oh, I, I think from the, from the moment that they start to talk to their, their parents about the real world and such, uh, I, I, I wouldn't know what age. I've never raised any kids myself. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I must say that uh, the earlier that, uh, that the kid is beginning to understand what life is really all about, and I, again, that's going to be a different ages for different kids, of course, but I, I think that, uh, of course, I, I would be very much in favor of uh, atheist point of view being taught from the very beginning with the uh, kids, because uh, I look upon uh, religion as, um, what's the, the, the term... Um, Penn and Teller years? Oh, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> I keep forgetting it. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's interesting because magicians make their living on awe, in a way, and, yeah, oh, yes. and, and mystery. Um, and for you to become such a great debunker, do you think more magicians should follow your lead? <laughs> no, I'm not a debunker. I'm an investigator. Okay. If it turns into debunking, then I become the debunker. But I start out as an investigator. I uh, always say to myself, self, because I, I do that frequently, uh, I, I say, uh, you know, I wonder about this. I don't do that very seriously. Uh, gentlemen, just, just between us, don't tell your audience. This. Okay, no, not at all. Yeah, of course not. We'll never know. never know. Uh, but I don't believe in any of the... Uh, they, they, what was it? Bullshit. Yes, bullshit. That I hear about in, in connection with religion. It's superstition. It's, uh, it's uninformed. It, it's, it, it's sort of a, a thing to lean on. And I don't want to take away anybody into anybody's props and let them fall on the floor. But I never, never needed, as a kid, as a small kid, my parents sent me to Sunday school. Oh, that was the that first story. thing to happen to that Sunday school. I love that story. I can tell you, I, I would ask questions all the time. How do you know that? Well, it's in the Bible. That's all they tell me. And they'd slam the Bible in front of me. And I'd say, but uh, where in the Bible? And they'd turn to page in Deuteronomy or something like that. And I'd say, who is he? <laughs> you said this is the word of God. Yeah, but uh, now I was a very young kid. I guess I was about 12 at the time or something. And uh, my father had given me a quarter, by the way. And in those days, hey, even a Canadian quarter. It was a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and not only that, uh, he would give it to me and figured that I would put it on the, the plate, you see, when, they, when the plate was passed in Sunday school. Well, I learned from the very beginning that uh, it wasn't too difficult not to put the coin on the plate. And the second week I was barred from Sunday school anyway, but my parents never found out. Can you believe it? If they're in heaven now, I'm sorry, guys. But uh, no, I never went back to Sunday school. But I found that Purdy's Drugstore up on Bayview Avenue in Leaside, that they, that they would serve a two-flavor Sunday, uh, ice cream Sunday for 25 cents but for 20 cents you only got one flavor that was a sign yeah my friend Gary only got 20 cents as, a, as an allowance you see and so I was ahead by a nickel and that was a big advantage in those days well big discovery too oh yeah, yes I mean, and a bonanza yeah <laughs> your parents never found out so religion pays off if you, if you, if you <laughs> work it right you work it right well Peter Popoff definitely knows that oh yes well now that's one of the most famous cases that I that I handled at least it's the one I'm most proud of because Johnny Carson reached out to me and and I asked him I you know I said could I do this on the show he said hell yes oh yes he said this is exactly the kind of thing I like to do and uh, we did it on the Carson show and uh, 
Oh, that. Well, Popoff is still in business. Yeah, he's still it just shows you this, this, this how, how nonsense goes on. It goes on forever. It goes on forever. And uh, Popoff, as far as I know, doesn't use the radio gimmick any. I know, but he doesn't have to. He's now got, what is it, uh, spring water from Chernobyl? Uh, and that that, that 10,000 people died at Chernobyl from radioactivity, which is nonsense. It didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. But he says, but not one Christian died. Yeah. Come, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> what makes Christians different? They don't glow in the dark? <laughs> no, apparently not. Or maybe they can glow in the dark, just that and it doesn't, doesn't kill hurt. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting to see that usually when people look at... Um, they look at figures of authority to tell them the truth. They look at scientists or politicians. Mm-hmm. A magician becomes so well-renowned to be such a, a powerful voice in the, in the skepticism movement. Did you ever get people not giving you credibility? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, I, I, I earned it over the years, you know. Hey, I'm 87. And in all that time, if you can't earn some credibility along the way, there's something very wrong with your efforts. But, uh, no, I've gained a very good credibility, and I've got 10 books out with the 11th coming out, and uh, that's going to be called A Magician in the Laboratory. And it's yes. going to cover all the places around the world that I've visited uh, uh, in labs and such. And I mean all over the world, from Australia to uh, through China, and well, all over the world. And um, it's a big, thick book, I can tell you that. Uh, accounts of of laboratories where I visited and I never knew until I left and got feedback from other folks afterwards whether or not they really listened to what I had to say. And some of them went right back to it. In Russia, there was no talking to them at all. Uh, the, the white-haired professors and everything would nod and smile and laugh at the magician, <laughs> a kind of thing, you know. And through the translator, I would learn uh, that he didn't really believe that what, what I was saying, that this was real, this uh, the fellow had shown them was absolutely the real thing. There's no question of it. And we have proof of it, scientific proof. This is a science lab, you know, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. yeah, throwing his weight around. Interesting. Now, you said that uh, Peter Popoff was probably your greatest triumph as far as deep... Or... Well, the one that stands out. The, the one that the stands most, out. Yeah, I've had lots of others. Sylvia Brown was another. Okay. So would you say she was probably your worst nemesis? Oh, no. no. She didn't bother me at all. Okay. No, no, no. These people don't bother me at all. Uh, well, naturally, I'm, I'm annoyed at their existence in the first place. But Sylvia Brown, she was pretty well wiped out by me and by others. By, uh, uh, what's his name? By, uh, uh, oh, forgive me. Um, uh, Bob Lancaster. Bob Lancaster was a very good, a very big name in this business as well. And he pretty well, he had to stop Sylvia Brown. Uh, 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 website? Address, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, he was very effective at it. And he challenged her all the time, very, very effectively, I must say. And uh, Sylvia actually appeared on a couple of programs with me, uh, the Larry King show, as a matter of fact. And uh, one of her flunkies uh, got on there and confronted me and it was a failure for them, a total failure for them. Mm. And even Larry King, uh, who wasn't very big with the compliments and such, but he liked me, I think. And um, he even said at the end of the program, well, I guess that's the end of Sylvia. You know, and uh, it, it, it was effectively the end of Sylvia. Yeah. Because we published, uh, and my, my, this 11th book will have a very big chapter on how Sylvia oh, Brown went down in flames. Good. I love it in the TED Talk when you called her the Talons. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have the T-shirt from Tam with the, the one with the three. Uh, oh yeah, Sylvia, Sylvia, Uri, uh, Uri, and me. Oh, and you. There's one more, one other person on the shirt. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, it's a shirt. Name. Yeah, who cares? Which myth today that still pervades that really kind of bugs you? You'd like to see it disappear. Well, religion in general, of course, but. Um, I, well, the, the homeopathy thing is, homeopathy has really got market. me very incensed. And as I say in this new book now, you'll all be going out to buy a copy, won't you, folks? Uh, <laughs> no, no, seriously, I think that uh, homeopathy is one of the biggest enemies that medical science has today. And uh, the interesting thing to me is, and frustrating thing is, that the UK, several years ago, 
uh, invade against homeopathy, and they investigated it thoroughly, and they came to the conclusion that it doesn't work at all. It's just a farce. And uh, it was discontinued, and the homeopathic hospitals closed down and whatnot. And then there was such a hue and cry, oh, we want homeopathy. There's no content to homeopathy. Now, my challenge, of course, for the million dollars, is with any homeopath, I will present you with samples prepared by registered pharmacists that will be homeopathic or just plain water. You tell me which ones are which, and you win the million dollars. No questions asked. That's it. If you can identify them, you get the million dollars. And not one of them has taken me up on that challenge. Wow. A lot of the big claims, oh, yes, I could take his money very easily. <laughs> but they don't do it. Now, anybody who can resist taking a million dollars cash, boom, just like that, I think there's something wrong with their reasoning or else they are liars. Or oh, they're making more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they might be. What, what is it about human nature that, you know, you have a conference of skeptics or something like that, you'll have a, uh, an audience for a small one, but then you have something about homeopathy and then people come out by the thousands. Well, they don't know. They just don't know. But this is the age of information. How could you not know? Well, if you choose not to know. Okay. And you see, now, take Cancer Centers of America, for example. Very big organization, very reputable organization, and they they do wonderful work. And uh, I, I don't know much about their internal operations or anything, but they also offer acupuncture. And I don't know whether they offer homeopathy, but I wouldn't be surprised. But acupuncture, that's another myth, a total myth. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I, I fight these things. The quackery in medicine is so hard to fight because you get people that convince themselves that it works. And it does not work. And anyone listening to this program, if you say that it does work, hey, prove it. There's a million dollars on there. A million dollars exactly. waiting for you. Do you in a big envelope, big fat envelope. Do you ever think that with, with your help and what you've started and all that, that skepticism will one day be mainstream? Oh, well... You know, it's it's improving a great deal. Well, look at the group that we're talking with yeah. right now. Well, we're still in the minority, right? Yeah, oh, still, oh, yeah, still a minority, no question of that. But um, I have great faith that it, it will improve enormously. Uh, and uh, I've worked to that end for, I am only 87, going on 100, as I say, because I, I'm an optimist, well, yeah, to say the least. <laughs> You got something you want to yeah. add, Randy? Well, I just want to go to the more personal side because, sure. uh, you know, in we, we watched An Honest Liar last night, and a wonderful film, by the way. And what made it wonderful was we see the typical side we see of you as the skeptic, the, mm -hmm. the person that investigates claims of the paranormal, etc. And, and, and funny, you never show them how you replicate what others claim to be... <clears throat> You know, I guess that's the magician's secret kind of well, thing. Well, no, if you replicate it, it's so simple. People say, oh, well, it can't be that simple. Yes, it can be that simple. <laughs> but then, the, the, you know, something rather traumatic happened to you. Uh, and oh, yes. And we, in the film, that this is what I think made the film so special, is that we saw this personal side of you. Mm -hmm. And in looking at that now, what is that, how is that to you? Well, the thing... A thing that didn't emerge in the film as strongly as I would have liked it to be is the fact that you have me on there saying, now none of this must be used. And, such, and the directors and managers of the film and everything said, oh no, agreed, okay, it won't be used. Such, But it only took me, well, less than 24 hours of thinking that over. I was shocked when they came and they just grabbed my partner Right, right out of yeah, my exactly. Oh no, a terrible shock, and I, I was uh, I was blown away by that. I frankly admit. And uh, after I said that to them, and and really meant it, I I had less, as I say, twenty less than twenty four hours to think about it. And I got back to them and I said, "Wait a minute, guys! I said warts and all. Yeah. You know, tell my story, tell our story, and tell it warts and all." And uh, it's not right for me to withdraw that, so I, I cancel that statement. Use it, and they used it uh, as as, I, as they should have, as they should have. It was unfair of me, and I, I was shocked. 
You know, it was less than 24 oh, yeah. hours before I'd lost my partner. And damn, that's, that's something you have to think about. I guess I should ask, how are you two guys doing today? You guys are doing oh, very well. Awesome. That's oh, very well. Oh, yes, yeah. He, you, he's an a, a artist of absolute astonishing talent. He, well, you he saw does, some he doesn't travel with you once in a while? Oh no, he he does usually yes. Okay, but he, but he can't leave the United States. You see. Oh, oh yeah. I see, yeah. yeah, he, he I couldn't see. come to this particular oh, event. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. So but I've been kept keeping so in touch with him, calling him regularly, and he says, "How'd this go? And how did that go?" And so he's keeping in touch, of course. That's awesome. So, so what is it like for uh, a typical day for for James Randi these days? There is no typical day for James Randi. <laughs> Uh, every morning that I the get mean, up, then. <laughs> he gets up in the morning. It's out of the street jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple of them maybe. But uh, it, it's tough to get the the, the maid down the hall to put it on me, though. You see, yeah. they, they they think it's rather kinky, <laughs> <laughs> but they know that I have a good time with it, so they 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 go along with that. But no, I must say I I, I wake up. I'm a very early riser, and usually I'm up by seven and started by day by then. But every morning that I wake up, and I do this, guys, I, I swear, I look over at the window, and I, I made it again. Mm. I mean, really, it's, it's a bit of astonishing from me at 87 that I'm still... And, and oh, oh you, you may find this interesting. My manuscript that I have for uh, the, the new book, A Magician in the Laboratory, I have to go through it regularly and check up on the people who have died since I wrote the manuscript, because I always like to have their birth date and their, their oh, yeah. date of, of, yeah, yeah. of decease. And, uh, well, look at, uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, God, the astronaut. I call him the half-astronaut. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, memory for names. Uh, make notes. Make okay. notes, because I, I, I'm losing it. Uh, Anyway, the, the astronaut who went to the moon and he did ESP experiments on the way to the moon. Duh! And, and total failure. He wrote a book about this thick. And I, I, I'm showing about three and a half inches here, folks. Uh, that thick bu- a book on uh, psychic exploration. Duh! What a dumbo. Why doesn't it just use astral projection? I mean, what's, what's the point of leaving the Earth to do these things? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I call it half astral projection. <laughs> But I I admire your level of energy at your, at your age. Oh, absolutely. But I must admit, I, I hope I've got this much energy when I reach I may age. walk out the door and drop dead, so <laughs> yes. don't be <laughs> I really doubt it. I, feel I just had a us. pacemaker put in me. Yeah. Oh, pacemakers. I recommend them to everybody <laughs> at the age of 14. Or so, yeah. You should start early. But, no, you know what was happening. And I went to my cardiac physician, and uh, uh, he, he said, uh, you Got a, he, he monitors me constantly. He, I think you've got a problem here. He said, "Look at this," and he showed me the you know the little graph that they will uh, they will generate on the machine oh, yeah, yeah, showing yeah. your heartbeat and everything. And it goes along and then and then I was missing beats like two or three beats in a row uh, every minute. And he said, "Oh, that makes a difference because it's not pumping oxygenated blood." To your old body, you see, yeah, yeah. and uh, so he said, "I think we better put in the pacemaker." And uh, so they put in the pacemaker. It was a nothing operation, but got it right in my chest here. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the, the close to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> cardio medical. It's, it's well, amazing the leap they've done. Look at the stuff they're doing in medicine now. It's amazing. Just yeah. and it's astonishing that 15 years ago, I couldn't have had that done, and I couldn't have a lot of other things. I had colon cancer, and. Uh, they, they did a laparoscopic operation, which is they, they put a camera in one side of your tummy mm-hmm. and they put the instrument in the other mm-hmm. side and they looked for where they made marks when they went through there with a long, long... I don't want to get into the details of that. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't about, I, I was in Bye Bye Land, I can tell you, <laughs> and, and happily so. But uh, they, they made marks. I mean, they, they just looped it out and snipped it off and sewed it together, probably humming, and then they chucked it back in again. The problem now is, and this is serious, I have three navels. Yeah, I don't know which one so to consult, you know. When I navel gazing, yes. I look down and I say, that looks like the original one, I think. I'm not too sure. I have to get a mirror, you know, and, and, and if I want to contemplate my navel. Well, the, the, and that's a lie. You I, can what do I just three told times you the, the navel contemplation. That's the thing. You're lucky that way. <laughs> 
Who brought him? <laughs> <laughs> James Randy, this has been an honor, a pleasure. You have no idea. Um, anything you want to plug in for your next book or something, by all, by all means, go right ahead. Okay, well, no, I, I, I just uh, want to uh, announce to the public at large, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you'll all rush out and buy my new book, which is not printed yet, so don't, don't stand in line at the, at the bookshop, but uh, it's to be called A Magician in the Laboratory. That's not lavatory, that's laboratory. <laughs> okay, get the title right. And uh, I, I trust you'll enjoy it. It's going to be a big, big thick book. Like a telephone book, I think, about that size. But it's probably my swan song. Excellent. And, uh, I hope not, but who knows. Thank you so much, James. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Wonderful storyteller. You're Welcome not going to get him to do it? You're not going to get him to do it. To do what? At left at the bottom. Oh, that's right. So, <laughs> James, can I get you one quick favor? Can you say, I, I'm James Rainey, or James the Amazing Rainey, and I took a left at the valley? Can I have you say that? He took what? Took a left at the valley. Oh, pardon me, left at the valley. I, I, he had to take off most of his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> his shirt here. All right. Hi, I'm James Randy, and I took a left at the valley. Thank you, James. Did that work? Beauty. Perfect. Beauty. Beauty. Okay. And that was James Randy. Probably one of the greatest interviews I did, and a rare, incredible privilege. Well, that takes us to the end of our show. we got to close in quickly here. So you can follow us at leftofthevalley.com. You can find us on on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Coming up, we'll have uh, Phil Ferguson. We'll have uh, author John Webster. We'll also have a Sasquatch hunter. Guys, thank you so much. Alistair, welcome back. Thank you. Until Adios, amigos. It was uh, a pleasure here. Until next time. <laughs> Hey guys, sorry to barge in like that, uh, but I wanted to uh, let you guys know that this episode you just listened to was most likely the last episode of Left at the Valley at CIVL 101.7 FM. Um, We've been getting a lot of problems from CIVL from the get-go, and uh, we just don't feel that we're that good of a match with them anymore. Uh, we wanted to try the broadcasting because, you know, uh, most of the uh, atheist shows and all that have all gone podcast, and now we understand why. We were kind of hoping to maybe do the counter trend, but, you know, we understand that they might not be a really good match for us, and we might not be a good match for them. So this is most likely the last show from Left of the Valley on CIVL, but we will still be there for you guys uh, in the future. And the great thing about... Uh, podcasting instead of broadcasting is we can really let loose like a lot of the other shows so we might just do that so stay tuned and we'll still be there for you guys and we'll still have great guests like phil ferguson and uh, james randy and you know the sasquatch hunter and all that we still are going to bring as high as quality material as we can because let's face it we're not professionals so thank you so much for listening guys and until next time Missing in your brain
isn't real, but Jesus is Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an Let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the f*** can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them The system is broke down Backwards and the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God's name And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I 